0: It's great to be back here with all of you this morning. Uh, the, the praises of God, yeah. right? He's the only one who deserves it. We love going away. We had a great time stepping away um, as we took our son, our youngest son, to college. We are now empty nesters. <laughs> I'm crying inside. Oh, yeah. Come on, feel. Ah, oh, oh. you guys don't care. <laughs> Anyways. It's great to be back here with all of you, man. We've missed you. We love you. We'd like the fact to come and worship our awesome God. Man, give it up for the worship team this morning, right? It's in their heart every Sunday to bring us before the throne room and just sing his praises, and that's exactly what they did this morning. Uh, if you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, man. We love the fact that you are here. We've been praying for you. I hope that encourages you this we are praying for you to show up and come and be a part of what God is doing here. We hope that you're made to feel welcome and wanted and you come back and join us again next Sunday as we continue to chase this life, what it looks to live for and live with Jesus Christ because that's what this church is all about, live for Jesus, right? Yeah. Amen. Uh, before we get going in this morning's conversation, I have a couple things I want to share with you. Uh, the first thing is a small group, leadership training, I know it was shared this morning during our host time. Um but on September, what, what day did I choose? September 11th, <laughs> uh, we'll be having a small group leadership training or host training. If you're a small group leader or if you uh, want to be a small group leader or be a host home, I'm dropping out again, aren't I? Um, I encourage you to attend this training. It's We want you to be there. We're going to cast a little bit more vision about our small group ministry. Um, if you're thinking about it, attend the training. Lunch provided. Um, and, we love free meals around here, so if you can come, you get a free lunch out of that. Um, I to encourage you to come to that. The second is, is September uh, 9th, I believe it is, is worship night here we're planning. Is that right? September 9th. There you go. Uh, September 9th, we're planning a Friday night worship night. You're all invited. Yay! All right, come and, come and hang with us as we worship and sing praise to God. It's strictly coming, and we're going to spend an hour or so just praising God, singing worship songs. Uh, We want you to come be a part of that. We love worshiping Jesus around here. Uh, So it's September 9th at 7 p.m. So there's two things. Mark those right down on your notes and plan to be at both of them because we want you there. All right? All right. Let's kick in this morning. This morning, uh, we had this opportunity to step into a new series that I've been chewing on for many, many months. And this series is titled Radical Hospitality. Radical Hospitality, Living in a World... Without strangers, now in truth, for this series was taken apart from a book and a small group seminar that I that I was took a part in by Dr. Richard Beck. But I believe that it's a series that, as we walk through as a church, that we will greatly benefit from. And when we walk through it together, I think will impact the kingdom. In fact, I don't think I know it will impact the kingdom Uh, because you know, as a church. As a church, we are called to go outside these walls and step inside the lives of the people around us with the message of hope. Our, our mission as a church is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission. Every decision that we make, every choice, we, every turn we take, it bases on that mission making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Because that's the mission Jesus gave his church. We can't veer from that mission to do our own mission. Jesus calls us to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And one of the values, we have five core values that stand behind that mission is found people, find people. Found people, find people. It's pretty simple. Found people means the people who have been found by Jesus, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your job is to go find more people to bring them to the kingdom. Right? We don't want to just fill the church, man. We want to fill heaven with souls. And that's what we want to found people, find people. We're called to go reach people with the message of hope. But many times, many times we have these barriers in life that stop us from living this value out. Many times we have barriers, walls in front of us that stop us from living this value out. Many times they're unseen. They're unseen barriers. We don't know they exist. They've been built in us over years. They've been ingrained in us by how we are been raised by our parents or our grandparents, right? We don't know they're there, but they're there. Or, listen to this. Or, we know that they're there, We just choose to ignore them. We know these barriers are there. We just choose to ignore them because if we were to remove them, if we were to remove them, we know that would lead us to a place that would be us uncomfortable. And no one likes to be uncomfortable. Raise your hand if you like to be uncomfortable. You're like, oh, snap. I don't like that. Right, We don't want to do anything that makes us feel uncomfortable. So to remove that barrier, to put us in a position of uncomfortability in our lives, man, we don't want to do that. But there's a problem with this. There's a problem with these barriers. a problem of ignoring. There's a problem of having these things in place. Because when I read this book, when I open up and have a conversation with God, there's a problem with these barriers. Because these barriers stop us from walking across the room having a conversation with somebody we don't know. These barriers stop us from having a conversation with someone in a grocery line. man we're checking out and there's people right next to us we're like, mm, I don't want to talk to that person, so we don't. These barriers stop us from telling people about Jesus. These barriers are simply stop us from inviting people to come hear about Jesus. These barriers are a problem. And as I read this book, man, we need to make some changes. And if you ask me, you didn't, but I'm going to tell you. If you ask me, um, this is a great opportunity for us as a church right here, right now. We just sang a song, Make Room. I hope this morning you're hoping your heart and your mind to make room for what God wants to do in you right now. Right now, we're stepping into this series and stepping into this season of ministry where we're gearing up and going full throttle, full throttle in all directions across all of our ministries. Small groups launch next month. Small groups launch each month. Student ministry is already on its way going amazing, right? We're scheduling outreach events. From now into the end of the year, we have all these opportunities to reach out into our community to bring the message of hope. Reach out to the people around us, connect them to Jesus. All these opportunities. So I think right now is an amazing time for us to step into this series. Radical hospitality, breaking down the barriers where we live in a world without strangers. Radical hospitality is exactly what those two words mean. Radical means going through extreme and drastic measures, extreme and drastic measures in our lives to remove the barriers to love strangers. By the way, that's what hospitality means. When you read through the New Testament and you come across the word hospitality, it actually means, look at this, the love of strangers. The love of strangers. Hear me in this. The message that Jesus has given us, church, is too powerful, too important, too life-changing. Jesus changes everything for us to keep it to ourselves let these barriers stop us from telling someone about the greatest guy who ever lived and his name is Jesus Christ. So for the next few weeks we're going to be challenged. We're systematically going to be challenging our positions. We're going to be challenging our fears or anything in the way that's getting in the world around us that's getting in the way of what we're called to do because it's our desire as a church to knock down those walls that divide us from those we have been called to reach. Now listen, friends, I I get it. Some of you in this room, you're like, yeah, baby, this is my kind of series. I can't wait to go do this. Others in the room, you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting a shoulder massage with a 50 grit sandpaper right now. It hurts. You're not going to like it. And I understand that. Again, when I read this word, I'm confronted. I'm confronted with the truth that we are called to live in a world without strangers, where it's open season with the gospel, that the church is no longer afraid. The church doesn't are no hung back. The church is no longer about itself, that it's reaching outside these walls and making a difference for the kingdom. Right in our own communities. Friends, when strangers become neighbors, communities are transformed. When strangers become neighbors, communities are transformed. Let's jump into this. Open your Bibles if you would. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're starting at verse 1 this morning. Hebrews 13, starting at verse 1. Uh, I hope you have your Bibles with you, your Bible app with you. Open up. We're going to be getting into God's Word this morning. so You can highlight, write it, write in it, whatever you got to do. But Hebrews, Hebrews is an amazing letter written to a group of Hebrews, a group of Jewish people, followers of Jesus, who are bridging the gap between their Old Testament life to this New Testament life in Jesus, that Jesus is, is supreme, Jesus is over everything, including the church. And as we step into chapter 13 this morning, we're actually coming to the author's concluding thoughts the birth that birth from the final verse in chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can look back at verse 28, or if you look on a screen, you can see it there. But look at this, where is his birth from? He says, Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Let me just stop here. Make no mistake, friends. Our radical hospitality, our radical, radical hospitable lives is rooted in, is birthed from, our worship and awe of our Lord Jesus Christ. True worship is a whole life worship. And whole life worship includes how we reach people for Jesus and who we reach for Jesus. Let's get into this. Chapter 13, verse 1. It says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Let's stop right there. One verse. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. When it's come to this idea of radical hospitality and you and I living that out, we need to understand radical hospitality starts on the inside. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. It starts on the inside. Of course, it starts inside of you as individuals, but it starts on inside of the church. It starts right here with us as the body of Christ. The ones we we are called to live life together. His church. Here's the thing though. Because if we don't live it here. If we don't live it here with those who believe what we believe. Who are going the same way as we're going. We certainly won't live it out there with people who are different than us. If we don't live it out here radical hospitable lives within the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, we will barely or rarely live it out there. I can remember a day when families would invite other families over to dinner. Where you'd be new in a church and they come up to you and say, Hey, I'd love for you to come hang out with us and have dinner for us. They make the reach out, they recognize that you are new or new word to the church and they invite you to come over either during the middle of the week or Sundays. I remember the day when, when families would actually plan for this. Before they left the house to go to church on a Sunday morning, they make sure they have a crock pot full of food at home. Right? Why? Because their goal was to go find someone, invite them to come hang with them, and get to know them. They, wouldn't, even they, didn't, they didn't like to cook. Maybe you can't cook. I don't know. Uh, maybe you want to go out to dinner. So you budget for it. You set money aside and you come in a Sunday morning as a family, as a game plan, to find someone you don't know, find someone who is new, and take them out to lunch. There used to be a day like that. In fact, several years ago, many, many years ago, Steph and I stepped into a church up in New York. And within the first couple of weeks, people recognized they were new. We had several families invite us out to lunch after service. Many years after that, we were down at Bridgewater in Pennsylvania. We stepped into that church to be a part of that family. And our first Sunday there, I can remember this guy, named, uh, his name's Cliff Cain. Um, Cliff Kane was one of the elders, and he came up to me and Steph and I one morning. And he said, listen, I want to I wanna take you and your family out to lunch. We looked at each other real quickly, free lunch. I'm a poor seminary. student. doing, yes. Right? It was pretty simple. It was pretty simple. We're going to go out and have a lunch. And it's exactly what we did. And we met with uh, Cliff and Amy, his wife, now who's, she's with Jesus, and his extended family. We had like 20-some people. We took up half the restaurant. We were there for over two and a half hours, spending time talking, them getting to know us, us getting to know them. It was absolutely awesome. And it had this huge impression on us about what this church was about. Now, he only asked us once. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Friends, we're living in a growing and an overflowing consumeristic world where a world where society and culture says it's all about me, me, myself, and I my plans, my life, what's in it for me. And unfortunately, that consumerism mindset is seeping into Jesus' church. The stranger population inside the church of Jesus Christ is growing at an alarming and unhealthy rate. The church has become, for many, is something we do on a Sunday, not something greater that we're a part of. We come in, we do our thing, and we go out those doors back to our own life. Listen, there's many times when I'm done preaching, I say amen, love you church, have a great week, that I walk off the stage, the first thing I do is walk out here, set my stuff down, and get out to the lobby. But many times by the time I get out there, three-quarters of the church is already gone. I don't get to know you. I don't get to say hello or anything because you're, you're immediately you're beelining out the door instead of engaging with the people who love you the most. Now, listen, I will take some responsibility to this because I don't walk, I mosey, all right? My wife, I asked my wife, we go for a walk, like, are you going to walk or are you moseying? And I'm like, I'm mosey. People have three speeds, run, walk, and mosey. Actually, I only have two, walk and mosey. Um, <laughs> So I take a little responsibility for that. But radical hospitality needs to start right here in this church with us. In a short letter, 3 John confirms this truth of this. I want to encourage you to take five minutes to read this single-page letter later today. Again, I asked you to read the Bible. Okay? Just make sure we're clear on that. Another Sunday. Read the Bible. You need to read this. Look at, verse, look at verse 5. It starts. It says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they're what? They're what? Strangers to you. And I have told the church about your love. Please send them on the way in the manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name, the name of Jesus, they went out not receiving receiving no help from the pagans, unbelievers... Verse 8 says, we ought to therefore show hospitality to such people so we may work together for the truth. The author is telling us that we need to be hospitable to one another, for one another. Why? Because we work together for the message of hope, the truth of the gospel being shared. That's building relational bridges inside the church. It starts here. In fact, when you go home this afternoon and you finish the one-page letter, you will see they talk about two different guys. One guy, he's rebuking for not living this out. And another guy, they're praising for how he is. You see the importance of how this needs to be lived out in the church. Radical hospitality starts on the inside. Also, radical hospitality needs to be intentional. It needs to be intentional. We've already talked about planning for it, looking for, looking for that new family. Look back at Hebrews 13, looking at verse 2. It says, "Do not forget do not to forget to show hospitality to the who? <laughs> okay, right? Don't forget to show love to people you don't know. That's amazing. For by doing so, some have shown hospitality to angels. I don't know how to qualify that in my head. Um, If there's any angels in the room, just raise your hand. (laughs) Guys are out of control. Out of control. Right? It says, don't forget to do it. I set myself up for that one. Don't forget to do it. Don't forget to make it a part of your life. Don't forget is basically saying that we need to be highly intentional about what we're doing in life inside the church. If you're taking notes, write this down. If we don't do it intentionally, we will barely or rarely happen naturally. If we don't do it intentionally, it will barely or rarely happen naturally. Right now, in this room, there are strangers among you. People you don't know. People who love Jesus just as much as you do, but you have no idea who they are. There are people in this room who are searching for Jesus. You may be in this room thinking, okay, I want to find out who this Jesus is. What does it mean to have a relationship with him? And you think you're here all alone. Well, no, there's other people in this room. You're not alone. You're not on this journey alone. And I get it. Getting out of our comfort zones and walking across the room, meeting someone new. (laughs) It's hard. It's a little bit awkward, if you ask me. But if we don't cross the barrier here, I don't think we'll ever cross the barrier out there. And this is the church. You are his church. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. One of the things that many, things that many churches do in the morning that I find is absolutely awkward is they call it a grip and grin, like we do a small version of that at the end of the worship hey good morning say someone, hi to someone next to you you know before you sit down and be like hi 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 right but other times other places they have these they turn on uh, up, on off the lights and there's a little bit of music playing and they say go meet someone new you know, grip and grin like hey how are you doing shake their hands and, and it's really really weird um, say hello to your neighbor and it makes you just feel like okay that's Whatever. Anyways, so I have been at churches who have done this. I've been in many, many churches who have done this. And I've watched a gamut of responses. Like, okay, reach out and meet someone new. test some time. everybody we'll play some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're playing their drums or whatever music. And it's going on. And I've watched the d- different responses. Some people actually go do it. I mean, I've watched people get up and just kind of run completely across the auditorium. Like, dude, I don't know you. How you doing? Right? And I'm like, that guy's crazy. But he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Other people They fake it. What they do is like, oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And they're introducing themselves to their spouses. (laughs) They're shaking the hands of their kids. Right? They're like, yeah, and they're looking the part like, oh, it's so good to see you. You know, it's awesome. Other people, they use that time to like, you know, there's really something going on. i got to find something in my purse. Or they literally, I've seen people kick over coffee cups. Oh, shoot. (laughs) It's weird. But a stranger is never met. They never meet anybody new. They've came, they sing praises to God, and they walked out, and they start living their life the way it was before they walked in. So against, going against every grain of within me, man, this is my sandpaper rub. Right now, I'm going to have three minutes put on the clock. And we're going to turn up the lights in this auditorium. Oh, no. oh snap! <laughs> Are you guys reading? <laughs> we're going to turn up the lights. We're going to put some background music. And for three minutes, I'm going to challenge you, church, get out of your seats, get out of your rows, get out of your sections, get out of your comfort zones, and go bridge the gap of a stranger and make a friend. Are you with me on that? Yeah. All right, let's, let's put three, let's put our, there you go, Five, four, three. Two, one, go! Go meet someone. Thank you. I guess three minutes wasn't enough. Come on. Let's grab a seat. We're back at it. Brother, good morning. (laughs) Hey, hey church, was that so bad? Come on, give it up. That wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> You're out of control, Sufi. Listen, that's what I'm talking about, the church mingling and talking engaging. Did anybody make lunch plans? Raise your hand if you made lunch plans. Yeah, listen, listen Listen. To this. If you didn't know me, you should have came and found me because I just made lunch plans with Dustin and Lizzie. I'm buying them lunch. You missed out. I got I to gotta confirm that with my wife first. We're good. We're good. We're good. No, not everyone. Can't do that. <laughs> See, church, we need to be intentional with this. We need to be continually fighting against our desire to keep to ourselves and live out the radical hospitable lives that Jesus has called us to live. I understand this is going to be tough for many of us in this room. And I understand it's going to be pushing us through the limits. But I can't imagine what Jesus went through to give us a life. The opportunity he gives us to spend eternity with him. to change his zip code from hell to heaven. He says, listen, there are people all around you who are dying, I and mean, we separated from me eternity. I'm just asking you to, to remove that barrier that's in front of you and talk to them about me. And, I, and so it's going to be tough. We're going to keep on pushing through. You know, one of the things we do is we try to program some of this into what we do here as a church. We try to create events and ministries to help you bridge the gap, take those first steps, the second steps of bridging a gap from a stranger to a friend, a friend to a family. You know, in four weeks, we'll be kicking off our small group ministry. You know, it's our desire for groups to come together, or people who are strangers, but end up as friends. You know, our small group last year, we got together with, I don't know, 20-some people. It's really not a small group, it's a microchurch. We um, <laughs> barely knew any of them. And I can tell you 100% that I love every single one of them because they're part of my family. They're my small group. So we're kicking that off in a few weeks. You know, we end up going from friend, uh, strangers to friends. We believe as a church, and you know, the core values, you can't do life alone. The way you do life is better, lived in circles, better than rows. We gather together on, throughout the week but Sunday morning is important, but we gather to get through the week to, li- to do and live life together. In a few weeks, we're going to have small groups open. I'm going to challenge you again to get into a small group. We're a small group fair. All of our small group leaders will be out there in the lobby trying to suck you into their small group. <laughs> Don't run the other direction. Go check them out, all right? Get into a small group and watch God change your life. We do this in many, many ways. Uh, We continue to create avenues for people to come and build relationships. Because I've seen over the years when people don't feel like they belong, they don't feel like they have a relationship. I watch couples, and they don't believe in, I watch couples and families come into the doors of a church stoked to be here, excited to be here, and that excitement eventually wears off. They've never attended or been a part of a small group and making a connection to church, and they end up leaving. They're here for three to six months. Studies show three to six months, if people don't build a relational connection with people in the church, they leave. You know what they do? They go try it again at another church. We need to be radical, hospitable people. Bring them in. They leave because they feel like strangers. And What we need to do is build a world where we live in a world without strangers. Let I me mean, just talk about small groups. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of making time. We make time for what matters most to us. Let I me mean, share with you, small groups should it be one of those prime time using spaces. It's serving. Serving is another way. We encourage you to, bur- to build bridges to go from strangers to friends to communities. Another one of our core values, man, I had a bunch of them this morning, save people, serve people. We want you to get involved and see what God is doing in here. There is something that changes within you when you're on a team with other people, when you serve alongside them, when you're you're on mission together for the gospel, making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Friendships are built. Friendships are built with probably people you never met in church because you had the opportunity to serve with them. We will continue to build bridges, offer bridges for you. You just need to walk across them. You need to be challenging yourself to take them to get to the other side. So you live in a world without strangers. Radical hospitality starts on the inside. Radical hospitality needs to be intentional. And the last thing is radical hospitality is completed on the outside. It's completed on the outside. Look back at verse 2. It says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison if you, as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves are suffering. There is a completion process. To all this we're talking about being a radical hospitable people, hospitable people is that it doesn't stay here. This hospitable life, this radical hospitable life is completed on the outside of these walls. It's completed in our neighborhoods with our neighbors. It's completed in our workspaces. It's completed in our schoolrooms with our classmates. At the restaurants in our local community. This is where it starts. This is where we learn what it looks like and how to live it out. This is where we start fostering that family feel that we desire. Everybody wants to feel like they belong. This is where we equip ourselves to get ready to move forward. But this is not where it ends, it cannot end here. If it ends here, we are not a church, we're a social club. The beacon of light that points all out to people, reach people for Jesus. We're like, hey, Jesus, 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 turns in and down. That's a social club. Outside these walls, again, there are many, many people around us who need Jesus. Look at this, Going back to the birth of church, Acts chapter 2, you can see it on a screen. Look what's taking place. It says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts where they're getting their teaching and praising God. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And look at this last section. And it says, the Lord added to their number daily were those who were being saved. That means that they were consistently and constantly had, had strangers among them. There were people around them were invited in, engaged with, who didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And they felt the love of Jesus through the people, and they accepted the love of Jesus for themselves. Man, could you imagine? Could you just imagine? At Vertical Church, the Lord added to the number of people being saved daily. That every Sunday we're coming in, we're celebrating two, three, five, seven people who accepted Jesus Christ that week through this ministry, his church. And they're like, come on, Rich, that was the early church. I mean, it was 2,000 years ago. It you know, only started with 120 people. Actually, started with 12 disciples. 120 people, blew up to over 3,000, and you see explode from there in the Book of Acts. We serve the same God, who's on the throne, who has a plan, yeah. and He uses His church. That's you. That's me. Friends, we are called to go, reach people for Jesus. So, for the next several weeks, we're going to be breaking down these barriers that we have knowingly or unknowingly created in our lives. God, make room. Make room for what you do, what you want to do. Because when strangers become neighbors, communities are transformed. And I believe in all my heart that God wants to transform this community with the gospel. Outside these walls are a world of people who don't know Jesus, who don't have hope. They are strangers to us. They are strangers to the church. They are strangers to Jesus. And we have been called by God to, who has built a kingdom who, that cannot be shaken by his grace, who has given us keys to the kingdom to be with him. He has called us to surrender it all to Jesus. And out of reverent awe of him, find ways to continue to build the bridge, build the bridge over the gap from strangers to Jesus. It starts here it starts here what are you willing to do what are you willing to do today what are you willing to do this week to walk across that room that create a bridge from a stranger to a friend who are you inviting over for dinner Who are you gathering with? Are you planning to join a small group? Are you wanting to host one or lead one? Maybe there's that person at work that you've been ignoring because they rub you the wrong way. Maybe your first step is to walk over and bring them a cup of coffee. Maybe it's just loving a stranger at the store that they're at and buying their groceries and giving an invite card. I don't know. What are you willing to do? The message, the gospel message, is too important, too powerful, too life-changing for you and I to let our barriers get in the way. They may seem like mountains right now. They may seem like brick and mortar for 14 feet thick. I have no idea. But let me tell you, with Jesus, they become like paper mache. He used to rip them down, rip them down. And give you every opportunity to reach people for Jesus. That's what he desires That's his church. And that will be us. Amen? All right. Right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. We sing your praises today. We sing your praises today. we sing your praises today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, willing to cross the uncomfortable spot that you were in to go to the cross and die for our sin. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering the. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray as we walk through this series. allows us to be courageous and bold, to overcome our fears and doubts and our insecurities. Help us be the radical, hospitable church that I see in scripture, that we build and live in a world without strangers. I don't know what you're walking through, church. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know the fear that you have. But I want to share with you this morning, that we have a prayer team up forward to help you walk through that. Maybe you're thinking in your mind, like, man, I can't do that. It's not who I am. Come forward. They want to pray with you. Give the power of Jesus' name to walk through that wall. Maybe you're in this room and you're one of those, I said earlier, who don't have a relationship with Jesus. And this morning, you hear about this Jesus who loves you so much he gave his life for you. Maybe today is the day your zip code will be changed. If that's you and you want to know more about giving your life to Christ, come forward after service. We want to pray with you, we want to pray over you as you take that next step and surrender your life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, This is all for you. This is your church. Help us keep our eyes laser focused on your mission. Give us unexpected adventures to talk to someone this week, today, about the love of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. God bless, church. Have an amazing week.